Welcome to Money Talks, a series of interviews with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. In this episode, I talk to Andy Hibbert, the CEO and founder of CarShare, a community car-sharing app that secured millions of pounds of funding to expand across the UK. Hibbert describes CarShare as Airbnb on wheels, and by using technology that allows cars to be opened and started using a smartphone, he aims to build a network of UK hire cars three times bigger than the entire existing car rental fleet. Just start by telling us, Andy, in a nutshell, what is car share? In a nutshell, the easiest way to describe car share is like an Airbnb equivalent for cars. So what we do is we enable car owners who have a car they're not using very much or two cars, the second one being not used very much, to be able to share and rent those cars out to other people who live nearby. We call them renters. Um, The renters can then access those cars through an application and open the car simply through the phone. So we enable owners to share cars and rent them to renters. Ah, so it's connected to the car and it's showing you exactly which car it is. Yeah, so this is, I'm now in rental. Yeah. As I get closer to the car, the phone connects to the car through Bluetooth. So there's no signal required, no phone signal. Okay. That's all eradicated. This is now Bluetooth into the car. Okay. The functions to unlock and lock the car are now live. So if we unlock the car, you'll see it flash hopefully. That's unlocked. Wow. That's just unlocked the car. So I'll get in the car now. Car's open. Off we go. Wow. All through your phone. Yeah. What kind of market is there out there for ordinary people to let other people they don't even know drive their cars? Very good question. I mean, the business is a young business. Um, Car sharing as a concept has been going since the year 2000. And I think you probably heard of equivalents like Zipcar, the difference being their owner-operated car clubs. And after 20 years, I guess Zipcar's been going and driving that possibility to access a car. So the demand for cars is already very big for people who want to access a car. The, the, the change of mindset is around car ownership to car usership. And I think it's based on the simple fact that cars are used 4% of their life, and so have a vast amount of time when they're sat on our streets and driveways just gathering dust. So Zipcar, the company itself owns the cars, but for car share, the punters, ordinary people still own the cars. Exactly right. So in the UK, there are 32 million privately owned cars in the UK. I think to put it in perspective, Zipcar possibly have a fleet of 4,000 cars in the UK. Wow. So 32 million cars use 4% of the time is a huge opportunity to make owners aware that they can now, in a really secure platform, share their cars to make money and help other people in their community nearby. And what percentage of that 32 million do you think you can uh, convince to rent out their cars on a kind of piecemeal basis via your platform? Well, I think our beliefs are based on our experiences. So the business started slightly differently under a different name called Car and Away where we were sharing cars at airports. So owners would turn up, leave their cars with us parked. We then clean them, rent them, and give them back after their holiday with cash in the bank, nice clean car. And we were doing that at Gatwick Airport and Bristol Airport as the first phase of the business. So rather than paying to park your car, your car would earn you money as you went off on your holidays? The car would earn you money, could even pay for your holiday, depends on where you go to. At that point, in particular at Gatwick, we'd been going for about um, almost two years we were already getting 2% of the people who were parking at Gatwick who saw our 
option to, to basically park and rent their car out to do that. So imagine across the UK, 2% of the population of car owners, it's broadly about 600,000 cars that could be shared through a community car sharing scheme like CarShare. That's absolutely massive. 600,000 potential cars, the share of privately owned cars that may be willing to come onto your platform. How does that compare to the likes of Avis, uh, Economy, the other big Hertz, the rental companies? I think we, we don't know the full size and shape of those fleets, but from information we do have from different companies, Euromonitor, for example, we can see the fleet across the UK is broadly around 200,000 cars that those car rental companies collectively own. So it could be that we could have a fleet of privately owned cars that are being shared within our communities, three times the size of the existing traditional car rental businesses. That have been around for years, and that's, a, that's an incredibly exciting prospect, isn't it? Well, I think for us, it's hugely exciting. I mean, the, the big difference, I mean, there's several big differences. Firstly, we weren't owning the fleet. We're enabling private owners to rent their cars out to other individuals. Um, but more importantly, those cars are located in where those people live. So it's super local for people who walk out of their street, search on their app to find a car, and they can walk two or three streets away to basically open a car with a phone, access it and drive away. Rather than going to an airport or an industrial estate on the edge of town to pick up a rental car as we're used to now. Yes, I mean, the question is, is what are people used to? So I think experiences differ, but you definitely have to go to a place to pick up the car and you might be waiting for an hour in a queue and getting to a counter where there are other things they will sell you. Whereas this is literally search, look, book, I've done it, walk up to it, you're in the car on your way within five minutes. There's no counters, nothing. Andy, I've got so many questions. You mentioned the app, we need to talk about the technology, we need to talk about how people access the car, because what do they, knock on your door and get the key? And we need to talk about insurance as well. So let's start with the technology. So this is basically an app on your phone. What happens then? So we've built the application, just an app, as you say. So I guess there's two different routes. There's an owner who goes through the process of onboarding their car and a renter who goes through the process of finding, searching and booking a car. Very simply for owners, they load their cars up on the platform. They can see whether they meet the criteria. So less than 13 years old, less than 100,000 miles on the clock. And then they have to book in what we call a, a keyless installation. Okay. So in, in essence, we make those cars accessible without using a physical key. And how do you do that? We take the spare key, we then use that spare key and build a little box, which, which we then... Oh, you take the transponder out of the spare key? We do. Because keys have a lot of electronics in them these days, don't they? Yeah, so the bit that you blip and the yeah. car goes, opens, we take that transponder, put it into a black box that we then put back into the car. So that technology then enables that car to be accessed with an electronic key, which is what we hold in our application. So they're all fully encrypted. Once it's booked, only that phone can make that car open. So that's how essentially the owners set their cars up through keyless technology. So what the beautiful thing is for those owners is their cars can be rented from their streets or driveways when they're in their office, when they're away from home, or even just pop into the shops in Sainsbury's. The worst thing is you get a booking, you're out and you can't accept it because you're not there to give the key. We've actually erased that friction and said, look, this works far better if people can look and book instantly and knowing they can just take the car using the app. So that's the experience for the owners of the car. How about if you want to actually rent a car? Let's say you and I went out on the street now, went to a car that's got the car share technology in it, if you like, what would the experience be? So for renters, they also have to sign up on the platform. Very simple process, get your driving license, 
load your driving license up and your personal details. The application then goes off and checks all those things for you. So it checks the authenticity of the license, it checks how many points are on your license. We don't allow renters to rent on our platform if they have three, over three points. So once those things are all clear, then you're on the platform, you're signed up, you're ready to rent. You can then simply make a booking on the app. That could be literally two, three minutes later. You then have the booking confirmed. You walk up to the car, once you've located it, there's a map function that has find the car, helps you steer straight to where the car is parked. So it's not on a street outside a house number. It's literally will guide you straight to the car because of the tech in the car. Once you're there, simple facial recognition so we can make sure that you are the renter that matches the license. Once that's confirmed, the car will unlock and you can then begin your rental. And you can literally use your smartphone then to access, find the car, enter the car, start the car. You can lock it, unlock it, enable the car. Once you're in the car, um, let's just say it's a push button, push button start stop car. Once that car is enabled through the application, you just drive it using the push button start stop. Okay. Once you stop, come out the car, use the app to lock the car, the car is secure. You can then do your shopping or go and visit your friends and relatives. So the access in and out of the car is all through the app. And then once you're in the car, you use the functions like the push button start stop. Now, I'm just doing some numbers in my head. If you've got 600,000 cars uh, and um, car owners are earning like, what, a couple of hundred quid a month on average? We, what, we, what's your, what does your modelling show? We, we, we promote the fact that car owners can earn on average up to 500 pounds a month. Okay. And that's based on about 15 days a month they're renting their cars okay. out. And obviously there are different prices for different types of cars. That's the average. Some owners are earning a lot more. Some owners are earning less, but that's about 500 pounds a month. So I guess 6,000 pounds a year per car could be, could be uh, driven as, as value for those owners. So if you're doing 600,000 people earning 6,000 pounds a year, that's three and a half billion quid. That's a lot of money that people are earning off your platform. We've got a long way to go to get there, but that's the, that's the opportunity of the business. I think the, and that's after your charges, right? Yeah, that's after we take our charges to help run the platform and the insurance, of course, on top of that. Um, and what's really important is that, that is money that's going back into the community. We call it social return, but renters are renting from local people who are lending out their cars, sharing their cars, renting their cars out. So all that money goes straight back into the community, which we're really proud about because obviously that's where you want the money. Then they can spend it locally or they can do other things with that money. Um, the other, yeah, so that's, that's the economics, I guess. That's the big opportunity. That's just in the UK. And you said there that number is based on 15 days rental a month. That's actually quite a, a low share, isn't it? it? Given that most cars on, cars on average are only used 4% of the time. Yeah. I so mean, that's a quite small C conservative estimate, isn't it? Just 15, just half the time. It's a realistic estimate. 30 days in a month. Yeah, the realism is, is that sometimes the four percenters could be half an hour each day yeah. doing something, you know, I, I could be travelling to work with yeah. my car for half Going an hour. Going to a hospital appointment and back or something like that. Exactly, yeah. but it, we, we know from experience that when we onboard owners, they understand the relationship they have with their car and they know how much availability they have. And that's why we, it's important we understand that together. So on average, I think the cars on our platform are probably about 23, 24 days available each month. It's a, it's a key characteristic, so we know that there are plenty of cars available a lot of the time for renters who want to see what's available when they need it. I know you're also very keen to stress the environmental implications of what you're trying to do here with car share. Yeah, I mean, 
There's a lot of environmental kind of positioning for the business such as ours. I mean, the most easiest one to sort of, to sort of explain is that, and this isn't just our own survey, this is a survey done with um, Como UK, which is like the car sharing charity body for the UK and businesses like ourselves. They've proven that for every one car shared, it can take up to 10 others off the road, which means that 10 other cars don't need to be produced or replaced if others are saying, look, I seldom use my car, do you know what? I don't want to replace it with another vehicle. I'm going to use a car sharing scheme like CarShare to access cars when I need them. So that's a big deal actually. Taking that number of cars off the roads creates such big positive benefits. I mean, I think a car when it's produced, the production emissions is worth two years of running a car emissions. Oh, the, the, the industrial processes that go into making the actual physical car, yeah. the emissions that they produce is about two years worth of running costs. So imagine if we were producing half as many cars, how much emissions we would save yeah. right at the start of the process. The other great thing, of course, is that when cars are shared, the people that use them, that rent them, do it because they're purpose-driven. They don't pop to the shops and therefore hire a car to go to Sainsbury's 10 minutes. They do proper activities, seeing things, seeing people, seeing places. So it reduces that short number of trips, which is really positive. The other aspect is the more cars we can take off our streets because of that you know, lack of replacement, people sharing more and people accessing more, there is more space on our streets. You know, in some cities, congestion can be 25% or 25% of the congestion can be caused by the lack of a parking space. We're driving around for 20 minutes trying to find a place to park your car. With less cars in the future on our streets, much easier to find a space that congestion eases and the pollution eases. Now, you're rolling the business out now. You're active in Bristol, in London, in Coventry, in Birmingham, among other places, Andy. But it must have been a really big job to set up this platform, to talk to DVLA, the licensing uh, authorities, to talk to the insurers. I mean, crikey, must have been tough. I think everything is hard that we do. I mean, insurance is probably arguably the, the most difficult part of the business to have secured. You're saying to the insurers, right, we, we don't know who's going to drive these cars, we don't know what age they're going to be, and we don't know what cars they're going to be driving. I mean, how do you insure that? We, we've worked a very smart system in collaboration with our insurers. So we understand that insurance is, is a big part of enabling the business. And of course, like you say, who's going to drive the car, what car is it, and, and how far, and how is it going to be driven? So we said from the start, look, when we build this business, um, we're going to make sure that we can see how the cars are being driven by putting what, like a Fitbit into the car. So we can monitor the driver behavior. And it's not like a police monitor that, or you're driving bad. It's like, here's how you are driving. Here's how you can drive better. So cornering, speeding, braking, even driver distraction, which is text messaging on your phone. We can help people understand what they're doing and how they could be better. Hold on, so because you, you're inside people's phones, if you like, and because they're linked to the transponder of the car, you can tell how they're driving, you can tell if they're texting when they're at the lights or even when they're going along, you can tell where they've driven, you can tell how they've driven, and so you get a real profile of the kind of renter that is using your service, and I suppose you can exclude them from future rentals, right, if you don't like how they're driving. Yeah, I mean, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, the people driving love getting a score. You know, it's like, you get a score, how can I do better? Just like you get a score when you rent from Airbnb, right? Or when you rent out on Airbnb. You get a rating, and everyone wants to get the best rating. So people clean those houses after they've been in them for a week to make sure the owners say, or the hosts say, the guests were wonderful. Same for driving a car. We'd say, look, in texting, for example, we say to renters, look, 
those that are doing it stop because actually if you are stopped by the police there's an instant six point penalty on your license you don't That's want right. that to happen which means That's you right. can never rent a car again so actually it's all about being safe and being aware and the renters being conscientious and they love it i mean we've always said if someone doesn't want to be tracked on our platform that way then we're happy they go and rent somewhere else because they're obviously not feeling they can rent a car and be conscientious about it so we're happy they don't rent through us but for those that do we're really happy that we want to provide a score in the future, so this isn't live now, but we will reward great behavior by giving renters discounts who continue to show us they can drive brilliantly. I mean, those are the rewards we want to do. And I think we've never seen a rental company before reward drivers for their behavior, ever. So we want to be the first that does it globally to say we want to recognize great behavior and actually our community who are really community-minded because they're driving well, we want to give you some discounts because we really appreciate you're taking care of the cars. Now, the business is new in its current format, car share. There, there was a previous business that you were involved with. Tell us what happened, how the business was going, and then what COVID did to the business. So we launched the business with a different name called Car and Away. Um, car and Away was just- And that was in what, 20? November 2017. Yeah. Um, we had some wonderful partners. So Gatwick Airport backed the business. The principle of Gatwick backing the business with us was that they, they love to innovate. They're big innovators there. They love the concept of giving their customers a, an alternative to parking yeah. and an alternative to renting. And actually, ultimately, Gatwick, like all airports, have capacity constraints. So if you think about the model, when we rent cars out at airports, we create space. So we can build like a virtual car park. So we clear the car parks with renting cars out. They can resell the space. So they were very forward thinking and thought we want to do that. So we launched that business with Gatwick. And over the course of several years, we added um, in September the following year, Bristol Airport. And then we were talking to many other UK airports and up to 15 European airports. And this was probably in November 2019. Come February 2020, we'd reached that 2% mark with Gatwick. So we now knew that we had a business that was scaling at the airport. Many so 2% so of people parking at Gatwick were parking with you and renting their cars out? Yeah, just for clarity, 2% of people who are parking who saw our offer. Oh, so I see. I the see. difference is, is that we wouldn't sell our parking to one, two, three day parking customers. I see. So there are a lot of people who do short trips. Yeah. We needed a certain amount of time to be able to process the car and rent it out and clean it back. So it was 2% of the, of the people that saw our product on the, on the website were booking, okay. which is phenomenal. It's yeah, like yeah. one in 50 yeah, saying, yeah. I'm happy to trust yeah. Car on Away to share my car. And I think it was driven and born out of the fact that our trust pilot scores were evidently very high. I think 4.9 out of five, almost a thousand customers had written in and said, this service is unbelievable. We made parking really exciting and we made rental. And lucrative, by the way. <laughs> well, lucrative for owners, but the other aspect of it, of course, is for rental customers. You know, a rental customer, as we mentioned at an airport, they might have to join a queue, they might be sold extras. And the biggest thing about car rental is you always get this car or similar. Yeah. And we said, that's ridiculous. You know, why can't we just give this car to that person? So we made sure we, we, we fixed that problem and said, whatever you book, you get. Because all people have to do, if they turn up at an airport, they want to rent a car, they just get on the app. And it's easy peasy, right? We, we weren't on the app then. So okay. this is, this, we were renting through another great platform called rentalcars.com. I suppose they're the biggest global aggregate of car rentals. So Avis, Hertz, Europe Car, all the, all the traditional car rental companies are there. But they were convinced that our business had a place to be in there. So all of a sudden you see Liam's car. And it said Liam's Vauxhall Astra, let's say. Get, get, <laughs> whatever car you've got. But the point being, it's your car. It's not this car or similar. And after the first initial renters came on and tried the service, 
Some said it's too good to be true, but they tried and said it really does work. We walk up to the car, it's the car I've booked, we check it and we're away in 10 minutes, guaranteed every time. There was no queue, no counter, just our lovely team and the car and off you go. So that got big traction at airports. And as a result of that, we then got engaged with up to 15 European airports. We have four other UK airports that are in our pipeline. Um, We're about to launch all that news and that story in March 2020. And, and in that month, <laughs> yeah, COVID came. And no one's going to airports and... Well, airport, I think I looked at the results for Gatwick Airport. Um, they turned out their 2020 results, which ended in March this year. 596,000 people travel in that year versus... They were, must have been close to 30, 38 million. The year, year before? Yeah, 2019. Yeah, so it's astonishing. It's a fraction. And, you know, airports have suffered tremendously. So post-COVID, the business has basically pivoted. You're still interested in the airport model, but you've now gone to the home model, given that COVID highlighted to you just how often cars are just sitting there doing nothing outside people's homes, right? I think COVID exacerbated to owners because everyone was at home. The sunk cost of a car doing nothing. And people who had started working at home for... Even now, there's still half the people still working from home. That's right. They're now staring outside the window of a car. They've got a lot of capital tied up in the car. It's the second biggest thing after the house, right? And that costs on average £5,000 a year to own. Yeah. And it's literally parked on my driveway. So that penny dropped for many owners. I thought, this is, this is crazy. I'm at home more. I can see my car's not being used much at all. I know I can do good for the planet. I can do great for the community. And I could earn myself up to £500 a month. Why wouldn't I? Just in the last 10 minutes... Uh, Andy, we've talked about the business in some detail. It sounds like an incredible vision. Where is the business at now financially and where do you think it could end up? We've just closed around, um, so we just got... A fund, of new funding. New funding, yeah. You've raised so three billion, three, three, you've just raised was, three million pounds, right? Three million pounds, yeah. So we, we managed to survive covid with the previous investment, which meant that we we still built a lot of the technology that you've talked about and asked about. Um, We're now going through that easing. So we're coming out the end of COVID, we all hope, but we can see it's it's moving in the right direction. So we're in a growth phase. So this funding we've just received is to give that next phase of growth. So that'll take us through till kind of like spring and beyond next year. At that point, we'll need to get fundraising again, but we're proving now that we've got a growth business that we can scale. When it comes to that, proof of the pudding, we believe we can get some institutional investment in in the next round, which will then take the... That's the big insurance companies, the pension funds, the, the, the big guys, basically, rather than the angel investors. Yeah, we've got some incredible angel investors that have been with us even since the first round in May 2000. These are people who are adventurous. They put in small amounts of money just to, to dabble. I think, yeah, small amounts of money, 25,000 is a lot of money, but that's there. But the big investors we've had have been a Juve Syndicate, which is a collective of investors. They put in 1.3 million several years ago. This round was, was a great round again. A lot of investors followed their money, but we had a new investor, Nigel Ray. Oh, the owner of Saracens Rugby Club, right? Yeah, and he's very passionate about the kind of sustainability of this model and yeah. actually the whole... And the environmental side. Massively. He, he's a great supporter and he actually sends a lot of very helpful insights to us to consider. Um, but he's driven that way, and, and that was a big investment for, for Nigel. And you know, we love the fact he's on the board now, advising us on how we grow the business. So we've got a great number of supporters and investors in the business. But I think the next the next stage, we probably look for a venture capital capital kind of business that will come in, 
Um, it depends, really. Some angel investors have bigger ticket sizes, bigger sizes of investments they would deploy. But we're in a good shape. We're growing the business right now, and, and we're fortunate that we're coming through that part of COVID, which allows us to expand and gets people to share more cars and those happy to rent cars that need them. And just put car share in the bigger picture, Andy, if you will, of how tech is being used to disrupt regular long-standing businesses, in your case, car rental, and where the UK kind of sits in terms of the global picture here. How good are we at this kind of stuff? Okay, so I'm trying to be non-biased here. There are other car sharing platforms like ours that have been around for a decade or more. So there's a big one in America called Churo. There's another big one in America called Getaround. There's one in the UK, which is a UK startup called Hirecar. They all share cars really well and built brands, but no one has actually built a brand that becomes synonymous with car sharing, like Airbnb is for us to, to, to use and access accommodation on holiday. Um, we want to become that brand by building essentially the best community car sharing platform globally. So no one's got that mantle. There are some much bigger than us, without a doubt. The difference is, is that we have used and seen how those businesses have worked and decided that the way to do this is with keyless technology. Take the friction out of the process and only have cars accessed through a phone, through keyless technology. And that is unique to you, right? We're the only platform, so we can see, that only has that configuration. Those right. platforms do have keyless technology, no doubt about it, but they don't make it mandatory. We've made it mandatory because we know that there's friction with a key. Where there's Castle key... for both sides. Everybody, because we know that owners don't want to be ready to their cars. They've... We want owners to share their cars and feel really secure with the platform they're sharing it with, which is why we do the telematics, the facial checks for renters, all those things are part of the owner assurances they need to trust us with their cars. Um, others, you know, decide to do it with a key, but we know that those rentals that take place, they can be rejected. So if there's a key and I want the car, I have to wait for a period of time for you to say yes or no. And if there's a no, there's no certainty for me. It's like calling up an Uber, you know, on your phone and no one responds. Yeah. You wouldn't use it very often. Yeah, that's right. So we're trying to make it instant book, an on-demand platform, just like Uber, effectively. So you can walk up and find a car where you need it, when you need it. We call it like a garage of cars in your pocket. You know, on your street, you've got a van, a hatchback, a saloon, an estate, an SUV. So when do I need a van? Occasionally. Right, here's one there. Most of us own a car, for, and one car does everything. You know, we hear about Chelsea tractors in London because they have a family car to go to the Lake District. They drive their children to and from school every day in. I know that's what has happened because of where we are, but we want to change that. So look, Here's a car for every occasion. Rather than own one car, why don't you have access to hundreds? And you choose what you need for the right reason you need it. Final question, Andy. Why are you an entrepreneur? Well, I've never called myself an entrepreneur. Why do I want to do this? Yeah. I, I love disruption. Um, and I, I, I like challenging the norm, effectively. I think there's a big opportunity here to do a lot of great things and, and for a community to be enabled to do that. We are the enabler, but I, I really think there's such an opportunity here to change the mindsets of people away from single-use ownership to usership. And it excites me. We, we've got a great team. We're uh, 34 people in the team now who all believe the same way, very passionate about making a success of this. But it's about creating something different for people that's easy to use, that is disrupting the norm for people. And sometimes it's a mindset shift. For traditional car rental, it's like, here's a different alternative, a car on your doorstep without a queue and get the exact car. That to me is really exciting. I mean, the other thing is service. Think about service and car rental and all the things you can not achieve. 
When was the first time the car rental business said to you, what radio stations do you want me to put in your car? I'll pre-set it for you. On a peer-to-peer, person-to-person business like ours, that's possible every day, every time. Not everyone does it, but we can really make service part of a new, a new dimension and take it to really beyond where big corporates can't get to. And that really excites me. Andy Hibbert, thanks for appearing on Money Talks. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot for listening to Money Talks with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. If you've enjoyed this episode, do please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube or wherever you're listening. Please do subscribe to this podcast and also check out my daily television show On The Money at 1pm Monday to Friday on GB News or via the GB News app. GB News, Britain's news channel.